come stop and take a trip down on my block where you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from Penrose to north side from benton park to old north the west end the west side we blessed when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is stitch cast studio produced by st louis story stitchers in st louis missouri the stitch cast sits down with jordan weber to talk about prairies and activism in this week's podcast in the park special edition episode of stitch cast studio they say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Stitch Cast. Uh, today we have a very special guest, and we're so glad that you can come and join us to talk a little bit about prairies and the importance of them and, you know, some of the creative work that you've done around that aspect in nature and just your field of work. Um, so to start it off, actually, for the people who don't know you, could you give us a little background about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, my name is Jordan Weber. I'm from North Northside Des Moines. Not a lot of people know about it. It's right in the middle of Iowa. And I always like to tell people I get to Des Moines. It's a city, ain't nothing like Iowa. So it's built uh, similar to North Omaha, North St. Louis, North Minneapolis kind of same kind of layout with um, redlining, you know, and po polarizing the black communities up on the north side. So all of that ties into my art and, and a lot of that ties that that being polarized from from the north side of Des Moines growing up ties into um, activism, you know, like violence upon the black and brown body and also violence upon black and brown owned land, especially indigenous land. So I don't really see a separation between the two. Um, and we can get into that um, later, but I kind of make artwork to counter, counteract the, the racist tactics against uh, black folks and, and our land. Absolutely. That is amazing, by the way. Thank you. I have people in Iowa as well. Uh, so I very, I'm, I'm very familiar with Des Moines and the different good. parts of Iowa. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good to see somebody else from that area, you know. You know, um, I had I had I had people that I hooped with all throughout high school, and middle school that were sent from St. Louis too. So it seems like you know there's a there's quite a bit of back and forth between Chicago, St. Louis, and Des Moines. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. So the first question I want to ask you, and I think it's a question you probably have for us too, is how did you get into learning about prairies? Like, what sparked that interest, or what gave you the inspiration to pursue, you know, furthering your knowledge in that area? Um, you know, it hasn't been that long. It's been, you know, I'm in my 30s now, so it's probably in my 20s. Because like I said, Des Moines, Des Moines is in the city, but all of, you know, Missouri and Iowa and Nebraska and um, Kansas um, was, was wetland and prairie. And growing up in, in Iowa, you start thinking over time, like, why is everything corn? Like, it couldn't have been all corn at one point in time. You know, like, it, it's not natural um, the way corn and land and parcels are, are sectioned out and squares like when you're in the plane you see these squares you're like that's not natural 
And it wasn't until I was about, you know, mid 20s that I started realizing that Iowa specifically is the most altered landmass in the entire U.S. So we have less than 1% of our prairie and native um, grassland left. And, and with that, you see the annihilation of the indigenous um, population as well. It's like one and the same. You, as a colonizer, you control the land in order to control, you know, indigenous movements. So that's when everything started clicking for me, like, you know, tying in the lack of natural prairie land uh, to white supremacy. That's what really got me going in it. Absolutely. And I think of everyone that's in here, I think only two of us have actually been to a prairie. Mm. Um, so I want to kind of speak on that as well. You know, with Story Stitchers, nobody really was thinking about a prairie. You know what I'm saying? Nobody <laughs> really heard of a prairie you know until miss susan brought it to our attention like there's not a lot of them anymore mm -hmm. like they're kind of going extinct if you would say you know yeah. um and so what we decided to do was actually make it into a project um and it became a multi-year project where we compare and contrast the city life to the prairie life you know and what effects does these two places have on our bodies, on our minds, you know, on our moods, you know. Um, and we saw that it was very drastic. And I think uh, another youth, Caleb, if you want to, you could speak on it too. But, you know, when I first went, it was just, it was like, cause I'm used to going to Iowa where there's no street lights in some areas, you know, and it's just all cornfield and you see like the stars and stuff. So I'm used to that, but actually being able to see more than corn, you know, I actually see the native plants that grow in these areas where it's very interesting to me and to be able to go on like these night hikes, you know, that we went on. It was very interesting and I appreciate it a lot. And we saw that it actually brought a lot of creativity out of us, you know, mm being able to get away from the city lights and the city scene and seeing, you know, just something different and being able to basically detox our minds. You know, we don't have to hear the sirens every every 30 minutes, you know, right. we, can, we can rest. So yeah, right. that's kind of my take on it. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, nah, like, honestly, you said it all. This is, the prairie was so uh, peaceful, yeah. it was just really, Peace on it was a new change, a nice change for me. And like like you said, getting away from all the street lights, the sirens, it's just it's just really peaceful. And I just want to go back there again because nature is beautiful. And yeah. That's so dope to hear y'all say that because I just got done um, talking to a professor at Harvard. His name's Jonathan uh, Peterson. And we were just talking about we're in the very early stages of it, but a project we're trying to execute in the Ville, specifically at Sumner High School. And I'm like, I got this fellowship to be at Harvard and a lot of it is research-based. So we're trying to like get into MIT in a way where we can introduce different technologies and different materials to cut down on light pollution in the inner city. So then you don't gotta go outside of the city um, or outside of your neighborhood. We have these things for us in it. So like imagine if you had these vacant lots that we see so much in St. Louis and in other cities. Imagine if some of these lots were prairie, but they had these technologies around them or fabric or whatever it was that knocked down all that light pollution too so then you you could see the stars you know what i mean so it really makes me happy to hear um hear y'all say that and i'm like literally taking notes um as y'all are talking 
Well, you know what I'm saying? I don't really go to prairies like that, but, you know, so I'm always for the environment. So I was trying to ask, like, what are some ways that we can preserve the prairies so they won't go extinct? A lot of that, man, is uh, like me and, and people, like the people closest to me, um, we got this crew and um, one of them, his name's Donnie, Don Triel, who's like my right-hand man. His uncle owns 500 acres of farmland south of Des Moines. And it's been passed down from generation to generation. I think there's five or six generations in, in a black owned land. And we, we, we're really talking about like, what does it mean to do that in the same way? And the only thing that we can think of um, first and foremost is acquisition of land, right? So like, we gotta be buying land up for one to be doing these things. So nobody, nobody develops that land. Uh, and then for two, just the education portion of knowing how to take care of prairie. And a lot of nature will just let you do that work if you leave it alone. It will turn itself back into what it needs to be, right? And you see that in these vacant lots too. Like some of them look like prairie. Um, a lot of them have weeds and stuff overgrown. But if you were to, you know, tear out the grasses and invasive species and then, you know, plant indigenous and native grasses, it will turn itself back into it, you know? And, and like I said, I think the number one way of doing that is just like getting our hands um on as much land as we can so we can control what's done to it and, and that's really easy to do in st louis compared to other cities like y'all are in like a a very special area where you can like mow uh, correct me if i'm wrong on this uh the city will let you mow a vacant property for up to a year and then you can take over ownership of that property um and i don't know what the stipulations are on that and turning it back to prairie but that's something to investigate that's very interesting because I don't know if anybody else knew that, but I absolutely did not know that. I have a question. So talking about the preserving prairies, like how much would it cost to like build a new prairie and like build multiple prairies? Oh man, um, that's, a, that's a tough question because you know, I'm, I'm used to it in Iowa. Like, like I've never restored a space um, back into the prairie on a large scale, right? Like 10 acres or, or, or anything like that. But um, you know, seeds are cheap and not a lot of people know that. Like there's seed savers um, that was started by indigenous folk in Omaha. And that, like you can get prairie seeds and a mix of prairie seeds. You just Google it like local native Missouri prairie seeds. And I know there's like a Bassett Creek seed preservation. I don't know if it's a corporation or, or a coalition, but you can look them up too. And like, it's easy to get hooked up with that. It's just a matter of like, if you could get the land, the land is, is the important part. Like turning it back into prairie is the easy part because you drop seed after you get rid of all whatever was there, you know, the in invasive grasses or whatever that were introduced whenever it was. So um, it's not really that expensive, you know. Um, the hard part is like working with the city to see if you need some sort of weird permit to like have a, um, you know, a conservation, a prairie conservation. And if that happens, there's all these different grants and all this different money um that you can get to fund that as well like that 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 can be like the sierra club like there's all these grants that you can get that we should be continuing to talk about to sustain that very in, in different ways you just got to be able to tap into the right people do you know uh for people who will be listening to this podcast if they're interested in doing those things is there like a website do you know that they could go on to search these grants or look for funding yeah, I think one of the main things is just to keep in contact with me because then I can be that resource, right? So it's the SLDC um, or another acronym like that where you sign up, tell them what property or lot, you know, you want to start mowing and then like you can get it. Or 
I know for a fact that the mothership off of uh, Vanderverten, is that, am I pronouncing that right? Vander... Vandervender? Vandervender. Um, it's um, Samaya and, and Dell Chambers. And they're super, super dope queens that got their own land right on the corner. It's on the north side. And getting involved in the mothership programming, they get educate you on all that too, like, um, because they've been getting grants to, to do the work that they're doing. And I think that there's a lot right next to them that's a quarter of an acre, and you could get those lots for like a thousand bucks um, and not do the mow to own thing. So there's different routes to take. Um, but that's just a matter of like just keeping in contact with people so I can like give you all the links and all that too. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. This has become in a very short time, it's been a very informational <laughs> podcast already. So I just want to say thank you again. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to ask another question, and then somebody can take it after me um going back to the cornfields so we watched your video last week one of your videos i don't know exactly what it was called but you oh, were the talking malcolm about x, the malcolm x greenhouse i'm assuming i think so yeah, yeah. that was yeah um and it was uh you were talking about how the cornfields and the soy fields were you know one of the reasons why we don't have as many prairies as we have now mm-hmm. and i want to know you know for people who may not be able to tell or you know just want this information like what are other things that can cause you know a decrease in prairies or that has caused that decrease in prairie um the main thing is land development like that's the main thing like i'll show y'all um this right here can y'all see this this cat it's a, yeah. it looks like a it looks like a like some sort of plant that plant's called Fismia americana, and that and, it, and it's one of the most rare plants that's ever been found in the U.S. And that plant was found on the south side of Chicago. Um, and y'all should research this plant because it will blow you away. So it was found in the south side of Chicago, I think in the 17 or 1800s, and it was so fragile that when um, it was colonized and uh, individuals started developing that land, the plant immediately went extinct, and it hasn't been seen in that area since. And Thysmia Americana is only native to that section of Chicago, Southside Chicago. And every single year, there's a vacant lot. Um, there's a couple of vacant lots where this plant was was found. And there's people that look for this Thysmia Americana every single year um, because of its rarity. And and that's the main thing. Like that's a that's a main, you know, story that I like to speak on quite a bit because it it, it just proves how little human development or an interstate system or a street how little things like that can impact plants on such a large scale because of the chemicals, um, you know, b- because of the lack of seeds that, that spread in the wind. You know, imagine seeds spreading across the interstate, you know, from a prairie to get into the city. Like, it, it just isn't really a thing. Um, so that's the number one thing. Um, I would say interstates, streets, and, and just human encroachment. Hey, what's up, guys? It's that time again for our Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right, it's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitch's original piece entitled Prairie Therapy. I 
I admit I ain't never been to a prairie If I tell my guys where I'm going They probably tell me they worry Cause where we from ain't unpeaceful About the pieces they carry And even when situations got scary I never scary I've dealt with the repercussions Of living near folks that do not know nothing But being tough If they call you bluff Don't be bluffing I ain't judging no My people far from perfect But I love them no They only know how struggle go I'm trying to show them other roads Cause back at home I feel the tension in the undertones But here it's nothing close I see buffalo I'm like what are those this vacation that I take from war on crime Place of crime is never vacant I work overtime to sober minds So alive is how the earth is Skies clearer, grass greener, world perfect Make it hurt to see how worse it gets When I return to pollution, shooting and traps And I know I gotta go back But before I gotta do that If they wonder where I'm at, I'm just Relaxing and enjoying life With the sun out shining bright With the plants and the trees The birds and the bees And I'm if it's a rainy night, relaxing and enjoying life. With the sun out and shining bright, with the plants and the trees, the birds and the bees, and I'm the grass changed my landscape with confidence they stand tall and straight like a wall of faith we call this place the passion a prairie no worries are the burdens you bury with one breath or release into the essence of time bringing new life to your measureless mind for once was so heavily despised became the niche to your prime a butterfly sheltered by the hood but i knew that you could surface the surface and dig deeper in the soil where you were planted weeds and flowers don't go hand in hand but they handed you the mantle then tried to dismantle you but you took the stance in the garden when it was so unmanageable so now it's time for you to hatch and lead a cocoon and go and lead your platoon relaxing and enjoying life with the sun out and shining bright with the plants and the trees the birds and the bees and i'm mine if it's a rainy night relaxing and enjoying life with the sun out and shining bright with the plants and the trees the birds and the bees and i'm mine if it's a rainy Hear myself think I need to get away And put an entry in my journal What I did today I never seen bees fall as bees Still I feel the breeze The native grass plants a few trees It's more than a meadow biodiversity A place of time sits still No sense of urgency I left my cell in the city and did it purposely Deserve to be free with the birds and the bees So naturally there's plenty of rainfall And wildfires get a mouth showers and plants growing by the hour. Long-term management is essential. Preserving the landscape is good for the mental. And I'm relaxing and enjoying life. With the sun out and shining bright. With the plants and the trees, the birds and the bees. And I'm mine. If it's a rainy night. Relaxing and enjoying life. With the sun out and shining bright. With the plants and the trees, the birds and the bees. And I'm mine. It's wasting time with the rhymes we create Therapeutic is the music so the minds can relate See it shine when the shade get thrown at me from that hate It don't really make no difference, it just lets me know how great I can feel about myself, even if nobody else can co-sign Gotta get away from the dog and the gunplay, that's where I was when I wrote mine The seasons change, things are strange, 2020 going great Just cause you heard don't bring the pain, get washed away up in the rain Plant the seed humanity, the enemy is vanity Seeing is believing, but vision 
Cause you see what can it be A scholarship to college Maybe a trade can get you knowledge Your experience compiling While others spit vitriolic Negative full of malice No problem, we see your challenge This prairie can soothe the hood attitude And bring balance Watch me stitch up a story But sign it as story stitches My lyrics be on 1000 So viewers can get the picture Relaxing and enjoying life With the sun out and shining bright With the plants and the trees The birds and the bees And I'm mine If it's a rainy night Relaxing and enjoying life With the sun out and shining bright With the plants and the trees The birds and the bees And I'm mine If it's a rainy night Oh, yes. Uh, I was wondering, how do you handle your allergies? Because, like, I got allergies. Right. And when I be, when I be outside, I be sneezing, and I be having, like, nosebleeds. And your eyes itch and all that. that. I got some of the right. worst. I got some of the worst allergies, man. Like, I'm I'm really allergic to corn pollen, and I'm, like, really in the wrong state. And it gets to the, it gets to the point where, like, my eyes will swell up. Um, and same with my brother, too. My brother's eyes used to swell up when we were kids, and then he'd come out of the bedroom crying like because he couldn't see because his eyes would be swollen. And the only thing um, that works for me that doesn't knock me out, like you got Claritin D, you know, you got all these different um, allergy medications, but the only one is uh, Zyrtec. And, th- and it's mad expensive, too. So if you go to Walgreens, it's like 20 bucks for a bottle, but it's worth it because it will not you take one in the morning and i shouldn't even be speaking off pharmaceuticals like that because there's natural ways you're supposed to be able to do it like stinging nettle um local honey supposedly if you drink a lot of uh, local honey um like in tea like in hot tea will knock your allergies out um but mine are so bad i have to do like pharmaceuticals i have to do um zyrtec so that will keep you clear and not knock you out but um maybe just google like natural allergy uh, remedies if you don't want to go the pharmaceutical route in, in terms of like um, Zyrtec and Claritin-D and all that. But I'm a pro on that, so just get at me if you still have problems on that. Like, I can talk about that all day. <laughs> no, no. How long does it normally take for a prairie to regrow? So I'm not a specialist in that area, right? Like, I do things on prairie, and, and I, I've researched it, you know, on and off for the past 15 years, but I don't know, like, to get a healthy restored um you know prairie system back um i know it ain't anything short you know i think it's a couple years to like reestablish things but i know let's say you mow out and till up all the the grass that was there if it was a vacant lot and you planted seed a lot of those species will come up the next year so like you'll see results within uh um the next growing season because a lot of seeds like to germinate and then like you know be in the cold ground and then germinate when it's warm out and I think the quickest I've ever seen was like six months of just stuff coming up, right? But to get it to, to be a fully like restored prairie or wetland, you know, I think you're looking at like you know, two years on up. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to speak on it because I don't know exactly. You all are in a slightly different climate zone, so I can't speak on it intelligently how exactly uh, or what species will go quick, grow quickest down down there. Um, switchgrass and all that, like, you know, a lot of them are just um, different grasses too, and they'll, they'll grow pretty rapidly. Like, y'all can do experimental plots too, right? Like, if, the, if, if you are in one of the walk-up brick, you know, um, houses and there's a vacant lot, like, maybe just start getting get some seeds on Google as a group and 
till out the grass and plant some seed in, in, a, in a little area. And I think you'll see that difference, you know, in a year pretty quickly. That'll actually probably be a really cool project. Um, yeah. Something you could look into. You can go ahead. You know what the dope thing is, is this this project that I'm doing right now, uh, it involves a lot of plant to plants in general. Um, and there's some stuff happening um, north of you. I think it's Gran uh, Granite City. It's, there's this cat there named Chris, and he's doing a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. Um, that I should hook y'all up with, but he's involved in this project as well. So I can get y'all involved in this project in a way that can can be beneficial for my project and y'all with um, restoring polluted land, you know, and um, and toxic land and growing uh, indigenous plants and, and food on it as well. So we'll stay in contact with that too. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanna kind of shift the conversation and ask you, how has your journey with nature or your research and just everything you've been doing within nature how has that influenced you as a creative man it makes my creative practice like worth it in a lot of ways right so like i painted for a long time and painting you know i was down in ferguson during phase two of the protest and that's what really helped me jump out of the 2d painting thing into things that mattered more and incorporating nature into the work and seeing how it affects individuals. Like y'all were talking about earlier, earlier about the quietness and, you know, seeing the, seeing the stars in a way that you've never really seen it before. And like the smell, you like the lack of pollution and all that. I realized that through the creative practice and through art that it made way more of a difference to individuals than just looking at a painting. You know what I mean? Especially with, uh, with with nature. So that creative aspect is, is, is motivation because it's active. It's like direct, um, you know, activism um, in, in a way through nature that will impact, um, you know, your, your, your people like immediately around your neighborhood. If you're restoring vacant lots into wetland and uh, prairie grass, those grasses will suck up toxins and store them in the soil. So if you're right next to an interstate and you got two acres of wetland and prairie grass, like people don't understand how much of an impact that would make from the cars coming by and the plants eating up carbon and storing them in the soil. So that that will make a direct impact with like kids with you know asthma and and different uh, health problems. And that through the creative practice is just like nothing but motivation to keep like trying to do bigger projects. Absolutely, that's really good information. I don't think I knew that part either, but it makes sense though. It really does make sense. Like, does anybody want to get involved in this project that I'm working on too? Like, I would, I'd be really curious to know like what sides of town you guys are on too, because I, I've been going to St. Louis since I was little, but I don't, I don't know a lot of people in the neighborhoods I'm trying to work in. Um, I'm getting to know a lot of people in the Ville, obviously, but I'm always curious to see like who is all from where doing, doing work like you guys are doing. Absolutely. Could you tell us a little bit more about your project, actually? Yeah. So the idea of the project is uh, Spring Church down, down. It's an abandoned Baptist church down off of Spring um, Spring um, Street next to the Pulitzer and um, Contemporary Art Museum. Um, I'm, I'm trying to convert that space in an architectural way. And really what the, the idea is, if you guys have seen like geodomes, you know, like domes that house a lot of different plants, like greenhouses and all that. I'm trying to convert the inside of that church into this like geodome space that's shaped or made out of like 22 inch rims and up, right? So like, I want it to be like a geodome mixed with the donk. So like 22 inch rims, 26 inch rims. And the idea of that space is for one, to make it appealing to, uh, you know, our, our culture. So people feel like they want to go to it. But for two, um, we're, we're trying to get um, programming in that space to help 
people who were formerly incarcerated at the workhouse and at city prison or city jail, I should say, it's not a prison. And inside of that space, we really want to grow lavender and different types of plants that help the human psyche heal from trauma. And you always talk about healing and all that, but I'm more into, you know, the strength the strength building and the decompression um, other than healing because this, this idea of healing that's hard to think about when you're like wounded continually on a daily basis so so really it's, a, it's just a strength building you know environmental space within the city but then we want to put that whole entire project over at Sumner High School um, and at Sumner High School they got this like big outdoor pavilion it's like an outdoor like you know open air meeting space we want to push that whole project over to the to that p- pavilion over in uh in Sumner up in the Ville. So that's kind of the the project um, in totality. But we want as many native grass species and um, species that were used by Osage and Ponca tribes um, because we're trying to involve the indigenous community as well. So it's really a collaboration between individuals on the north side, uh, urban farms. Um, and then the indigenous population. Like that's the goal of, of the project. So when I'm talking about like restoring prairie and wetland, like we want those elements involved in the project in some way. We just don't know how it's gonna happen yet. Absolutely. Well, the youth in uh, Story Stitchers kind of spread all over, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I think this is definitely something that we could talk about more. Um, okay. I think it's definitely something that we could collaborate on and that will mm-hmm probably really fun and beneficial to both groups you know yeah yeah i definitely think that we could definitely uh talk about that and think about it some more maybe if it's like another project that we think of you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i definitely think there's space for collaboration but before we end because it looks like we have about like somewhere around 10 more minutes did you have yeah, any go, questions for go, us yeah go all 15 if you want yeah i got a lot of questions for y'all because i don't get to talk to people you know i don't get to talk to like early 20s, mid-teens, late-teens uh, that are interested in prairie. So this is like super wild to me. Like I could talk about this all night. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the illest thing that I've, I've been involved with for a while. So like I said before, like just like, what was the jump off point with prairie in this in this programming? Um, did Story Stitchers introduce this or, or what got the whole entire crew interested in prairie? Was it uh, the decompression that uh, visiting the prairie? Was that like the jump off point? Um, I think it all started because, like I said, nobody we weren't really thinking about it. I'm not even really like 100 percent sure exactly how it happened. I do believe that it was something like um, Susan mm-hmm. brought it to us, you know, and we we considered it and was like, let's let's do it, you know. And of course, this was before COVID. So we were able to actually get a cabin um, at one of the uh, state parks that has okay. native you know native prairie grasses so that we could stay there overnight and really get the entire feeling of it you know uh-huh. so early morning to late night you know uh-huh. and really get to feel how it feels there the animals or the bugs the sounds you know and those different types of things and it was so impactful the first year that we kept doing it uh we did it again the next year and then i think COVID happened so Mm -hmm. you know we went again last year and did a podcast yeah and this year i think we're going to go back again we do it every september okay you know i think before or somewhere between because i know they you know burn the grass so they go back 
so yeah, we go before they do all of that or before it gets too cold, you know. And where's it at? It's like 45 minutes or so away from St. Louis. I don't know for sure. But I could definitely get, give you that information. No, it's all good. What do you all think about that idea, though, of like, what, like, do you like the idea of getting out of the city, you know, with all the things that come with getting out of the city? Or do you like in your mind, like if you had something on the south side or east side or north side, like what if there was a big prairie like within the community? Like, would y'all would y'all be interested in something like that? Or do you more so like the idea of leaving the city to get like really outside of the city? Uh, honestly, I like both ideas because what if we like don't got the time to go outside of the city? So it would be a great idea to make it inside the city so we could like walk there, like the community prairie. Like that's an amazing idea. And also right. the going outside the city just to like, you know, completely get out of touch with the city. That's it's like both ideas are great and everything. And I'm okay. down for it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little tally on here. So Caleb, that's one. And who who else is down for that? Because I can literally shift my project in a way because it's a two-year project that can that can maybe lean towards that way because I'm like so hyped up about this whole conversation that we're having so I just want to get a I want to get everybody's um, opinion on that absolutely um anybody else down for it as well okay yeah. okay uh, I'll be down for it it sound it sound real dope and it sound convenient for a lot of people too okay and that sounds I'm really down dope. okay that sounds really dope because all right so this is i'm going to put y'all on this game real quick too so like the art game um for me in a lot of ways is nothing but a means to infiltrate space and infiltrate white space to get funding to do bigger projects right so that infiltration of of white space is what we have to do naturally what we've always been doing to survive um you know with these jobs that we have to go to and the jobs that we don't want to have so like art is a perfect way to make institutions, especially now, because all these all these art museums and institutions all of a sudden want to be, you know, at the front lines of the movement, um, you know, like offering us funding and opportunities to make an impact in our community. So that's what I got the, the Pulitzer doing right now, the Pulitzer Arts Foundation, right? So there's, you know, funding, there's funding from national resources that I get, like that Malcolm X Greenhouse. I got a grant out of New York City to do that. I just got another grant out in New York City called Creative Capital. That's really hard to get um, for that project as well. So, like the game, the game is to try to get these institutions to do the things that we need to do to like be sustained. Like, right? Like, so when we talk about, you know, prairie, a lot of that's talking about sustaining the prairie um, um, in order to sustain our own health. And a lot of institutions will pay you and keep coming out of pocket to sustain those projects. So that's where I'm at at Pulitzer right now. So, hmm. like. When we're talking about the development of this project, like this type of conversation is really key, where I would like to stay in contact with y'all to see what else you would want out of a prairie that was local. Um, if there's like a garden, you know what I mean? What things would make you, make your friends, make it be more appealing so it's not just like a, a prairie um, that you might drive by. I'd like, I'd like to get y'all's opinions on a lot of things that can really shift this project because the project's supposed to open in 2022 and 2023. So we have time to kind of collaborate if you guys want to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really I'm really thankful that this uh, this thing was set up. So I appreciate y'all reaching out. I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again, too, for all the information, especially, like I said, because this will probably be a podcast. So other people from who knows will be listening, you know, 
be like, man, let me let me check if my state has some some convenient things like that, you know, or people right. interested in prairies can spark some ideas, you know, just from listening to us talk. Man, the cutting edge again, St. Louis, like y'all BLM movement, you know, like there's there's probably not a lot of people that are even thinking about prairie and how it connects the health of the body uh, at your age and your age group. So like, yeah, man, like y'all could be that that keystone, that center point to it, because it's a growing movement um, with white individuals. And, and we need to be on that game, too, because everything's about land, man. Everything's always been about land in the U.S. And it will continue to be more uh, more about land, you know, as the population gets bigger. So, I mean, congrats to y'all for being at the cutting edge of it. Peace in the Prairie is presented with support from Missouri Arts Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri and the National Endowment for the Arts. Additional support is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, Missouri Foundation for Health, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Cranberg Arts Foundation. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Story stitches.